The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome in, folks, to our latest edition, preparing you for the 2021 NFL Draft. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum here on Big Blue View, your go-to source for New York Giants news and analysis. So today's episode, as I said, our first dive into the specifics of this 2021 NFL Draft class. Specifically, we are going to be talking about the corner group, filling you in on names to know on each day of the NFL Draft, who you should expect, guys that would make sense if they chose to wait until that period of time to possibly draft various players. Before we get into that, folks, make sure you go and hit that subscribe button and leave us a review and head to bigblueview.com for more New York Giants content. So I'm already excited to start talking the specifics of this draft class. It's going to be an interesting offseason getting the time to actually watch the film and evaluate these players, get a strong understanding of names that the Giants and also Giants fans should be aware of at the various position groups that not only they need to fill, but maybe some other groups that they need to add some depth players, some rotational guys, some just general special teams player. But this first group, the corner group, is a really interesting one to analyze because there's a number of different directions that they can really go here. They could either choose to draft somebody at the 11th pick, as we've talked about a ton, or they could address it on day day two and still get a quality player that's not going to be an elite prospect, but still a good one that might turn into a consistent starter. And then beyond that, maybe they don't decide to address it then and they rather maybe take a super developmental guy on day three or uh, someone who's just a, a good rotational guy that you can work into the lineup with Yadam, with Sam Beal, with all the guys that are out there. There's a lot of different directions overall, though, Chris, that the Giants can go with this draft class. Yeah, definitely. And this is a good, deep cornerback draft. Like, you know, the last couple of years, we saw really deep wide receiver drafts where not only do you have potentially elite guys at the top of the draft, but there's just great depth throughout. And there's a good chance you're going to get a guy who can at least contribute at the position, you know, later in the second day or into the third day. 
And I think that has kind of had the effect of producing a really strong cornerback class because these guys have had to go against all those really good receivers. Yeah, and again, a lot of these guys coming from really interesting conferences. There's some interesting matchups that we'll be able to highlight a little bit more as we get to know these prospects more and more. This corner group, the first that we're going to address, we are not as deep into those evaluations, but we still are familiar with the names that are starting to become more and more popular. Now, at the end of this cycle, we could end up having... Uh, right before the draft, we could have end up having even more guys to talk about and more guys to be aware of. But for now, we're setting the base, letting you know who you should be aware of. Don't be in the blind. Don't be in the dark on <laughs> prospects. No more than your friends do and be able to talk with them about it is the ideal goal here with talking about these corners. And in day one, that is when you can expect the Giants to go and draft an elite prospect. And this is something that we've talked about a ton. We've mentioned these names a lot. And the two that I think circulate the most for me, Chris, are J.C. Horn from South Carolina and Pat Sertain from Alabama. Now, Sertain appears to be the more consensus guy that makes sense in the top 15. He was so dominant in his final year at Alabama. He did so well against really big name receivers like Chris Olave uh, at Ohio State, who he played against in the national championship game. But J.C. Horn, on the other hand, things have been a bit of a swinging pendulum for him since he chose to to opt out and leave early. He, he is a guy that, in some cases, people believe he's a top 10 pick. Others think that he's a late first round pick. But if we're just talking in terms of general possible draft slotting and and the Giants' possible possibility of them taking them, Horn seems to make a lot of sense here in, at that 11 spot. It really does, and I I think our uh, folks who have been listening to us for a while know we are both fans of J.C. Horn. You know, we, I think we both just love his game. Really physical, really aggressive. He just plays mean, and he really looks to take his receiver out of the game, just make him a complete non-factor, and that's, just, that's a lot of fun to watch. He's really good at staying in phase, really good feet, really good hips. We know all about Sertain. We know how great he was at Alabama, and I think both of those guys have the, the upside, the traits, the potential to be legitimate top 10 picks, so I think it's unlikely that Sertain slips to the Giants at 11, but Horn should be considered at that point that his is a name Giants fans should keep track of yeah both of these names are ones to be aware of and then two other I think I wouldn't call them wild cards but I mentioned how Horn's draft stock and where he's predicted to be slotted is a little bit of a wide range and these are these other guys I think are a wider range and I don't wouldn't be shocked at all if they ended up being the Giants pick uh, just based on the traits that they have and if the Giants value some of those traits more than they value their weaknesses. But Caleb Farley, someone who we talked about did not play this season, has the tools, physically gifted, a little bit behind the curve in terms of experience playing the position because he was uh, originally an offensive player. But the other one, Eric Stokes from Georgia, he's a guy that has really worked himself up over the final course of the year, originally Tyson Campbell was somebody who was talked about the other Georgia corner who we're going to mention as being a first-round guy, but Eric Stokes has separated himself and proven to everybody that he is the better corner out of the group. And I think if, depending on the combine format, which it sounds like right now is going to be a regional format, depending on how he performs there and how he tests physically, maybe at his pro day, whatever the format is, he's somebody who could work themselves maybe in that top 11 or maybe the Giants trade back for whatever reason, back half of the 20s. I think Stokes is definitely a, a first-round guy based on what he's shown us. 
Yeah, I think of the two, the Caleb Farley is probably the more likely to be the Giants pick, particularly if they either fall in love with his physical traits because he is big, he is athletic, and he has the ability to be a ball hawk and not just defend passes, but take them away. That could appeal to the Giants who really depend on their coverage to drive their defense. But I, th- I think one of the interesting things about this draft class, and especially here at the top of the draft, is all of these guys are big and long. You know, there really aren't any five foot ten corners being considered towards the top of this draft class. It, it, this is the first time in a long time I can remember this many almost prototypically built cornerbacks coming out of college. Yeah, this is a really interesting class because you get all these tall long corners and all five of those sorry four of those guys again all make sense because of the physical traits that they possess and and shifting our focus now to day two this group a little bit different you have some guys that are big names and you have some guys that had did some really good things in college I think overall what you have with this group is a number of guys that have the talent did not put it all together but still could turn into a really, really good starter. I I don't think there's a single guy on this list that is going to come into the league and just turn out to be average. I think that they have the capability that maybe with some time could be really good. And and the two that I really want to start with talking about are Paulson Adebo and Sean Wade. Adebo from Stanford, Sean Wade from Ohio State. Adebo is somebody who we talked about um, during the season when we did a scouting report show. And the one thing that we mentioned is he's got the tools, was a little bit inconsistent. He has some hip flexibility issues, but regardless is a really good uh, ball skills corner, a guy that is going to make plays on the football, has a lot of interceptions. And then Sean Wade is is very different in the sense that he was a, a guy that a lot of people just assumed at the beginning of the year would turn into a top prospect because of the past history of Ohio State cornerbacks. Well, Wade, coming from the slot, was bumped outside, struggled a ton outside, did not play very well, decides to declare anyways, and regardless, he has the skills, he has the traits, just did not put it all together in his first limited experience playing outside corner. And maybe a team decides to say, I'm going to take this guy and we're going to put him back in the slot. That maybe not be what the what the Giants need right now because they have Darnay Holmes. Or they could say, all right, this guy is tall and long enough to play outside. We just want to keep working with him and he's going to figure it out eventually despite having limited experience. Yeah, the, it, it's really kind of fascinating what happened with Wade over the course of the season. You know, in the preseason rankings, there were a lot of scouts and outlets who thought he was basically 1B at cornerback with Patrick Sertain. Like they would be fighting it out for the top corner position and it just did not happen and Wade he just sunk further and further as the year went along and it it was warranted he did not play well outside I really wouldn't be surprised to see him just make his living as a slot corner in the NFL but that's not a terrible thing because you know we we have seen especially Giants fans with Steve Smith and Victor Cruz and now Sterling Shepard how important it is to be able to match up with a slot receiver there are quite a few offenses that they might not flow through the slot, but the slot is a very important position. It helps keep the offense moving on schedule and having that third receiver who can match up and win that matchup with whatever the defense's third corner is, that can be huge. So if the defense can get a good slot corner, they absolutely should. 
Yeah, and adding into this list of other names, two that are intriguing, Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State and Tyson Campbell. And I talked about uh, Campbell struggled a little bit this year, not as well as people thought he was going to do, uh, as he was going to turn out, but still a, a talented guy. Another one of these big guys that's like six foot two uh, and, and like 180, 190 pounds. He's more of a zone corner. And I think that for that reason, he could work well within this group. He could work well on this defense because Patrick Graham has always been primarily a zone scheme type of a defensive coordinator. He will run some man, but maybe if you want a plug-and-play guy that fits the scheme, you have your eye on Tyson Campbell in the second round, maybe even in the third round. Asante Samuel Jr., that name definitely sounds familiar to you folks uh, based on his father who played a lot in the NFL and had a fantastic career. He's not very big, Asante Samuel Jr. Only about five foot ten, 180 pounds. Really good in man, though. Um, and I think the reason why he's a little bit further down is just because he's not very big. But minus those physical limitations, he's a pretty good corner. Yeah, definitely. He's a guy I've got my eye on. Again, not just because of his name, although I'd be lying if I said there wouldn't be a certain amount of satisfaction to see Asante Samuel... Asante Samuel's son making plays for the Giants rather than against them because, well, I have this little minor conspiracy theory that one of the reasons why Eli Manning retired is that he took a look at what might be coming into the NFL this year, and he didn't want to risk getting picked off by two generations of Asante Samuels. All of that aside, he would be a very good addition to the Giants' defense. And again, I, I kind of look at him just because of his size as a slot corner, but maybe he could play on the outside. Yeah, kind of in that maybe Denzel Ward type mold where he might not be as physically dominant as the other corners in this list, but he has the technique. He has enough athleticism to match up outside. Although you w- definitely wouldn't want him covering a, a player like Mike Evans who can just He'd need a a stepladder. But then there's one more guy in this group that I think is very interesting, and that's Ifetu Melifanwu out of Syracuse. Uh, Again, if that name sounds a little bit familiar, he is the younger brother of Obi Melifanwu, who was drafted, I believe, four years ago. And again, family ties, he is, like his brother, big, long, athletic, a little bit raw coming out, but the tools are just incredible. Yeah, Melifanwu... A Feitu Melon Fonmu is the last guy that I, I really, really want to talk about because this is somebody who is already starting to pick up some steam as an early day two guy. Probably going to end up being day three. Might or sorry, um, uh, an early round two guy. Probably going to be round three. Might end up sliding to day three overall. But he is brother of Obi Melon Fonmu, who people were a little bit burned by uh, what he ended up not doing in the NFL, despite being a physical freak. Um, Ifeto though seems to be a little bit more talented as a football player and less of a a freakish athlete, but the guy is just enormous. Six foot three is not normal for a corner, and he's gonna test insanely wherever he does his testing. So be prepared for that. I think that that is an interesting name to just 
throw out there on the defense and just go let him work. Go let him, you know, go go let him beat up on some guys because he's just so much bigger and stronger. Maybe he doesn't track very well, but you put him in some press situations and cover three. I think you can maybe have some fun stuff going on if you don't have the opportunity to draft the corner you want at, at pick 11 or maybe even in the second round. It's always a little bit of a gamble when you're betting on upside and traits. However, if you have good teachers as coaches, and the Giants do, you know, we saw you know, Isaac Yadam and all of these other corners that they more or less just shuffled in and out. Each one of them did improve over the course of the season. So if you could get a guy with Melifonwu's physical tools, you know, that size, that's the size, the thickness, the speed, the explosiveness, and then teach him the mental part of the game, well, you, you could wind up getting a very, very good value. Yes, yeah, so de- definitely get very good value if he turns into the the potential that he possibly has as a a rare athlete playing the uh, the corner position. We're going to talk about some day three guys, some sleepers, some interesting names. Uh, before we do so, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge. That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Speaking of tall, freakish athlete corners, Israel Mukwamu from South Carolina, uh, very similar to a Fetu uh, Melanfanu, is oddly large for a corner. He is six foot four, two oh five, and that that's just not normal for the size of an NFL corner. Some might argue if you're that big, why are you not playing safety? But I mean, regardless, uh, plays with J.C. Horn. Some people believe that he he might be a, a round two guy. I think that that's a little bit rich for me because he's just still kind of figuring out uh, how to play with his body in the position. But I, I see somebody who is talented, a very, very rare athlete. And again, if, if you wait until this far, to draft a corner and you're the Giants, maybe you bank on a guy like this saying he'll be available and if he does slot in the spot that we project him at, he can step in and play because he's such a a physically dominant guy because he's so big and he can work with the style of defense that the the Giants and Patrick Graham like to run. Yeah, definitely. And you know he is so big that even if for some reason he does kind of flame out a corner, you know, there is such a thing as too big, too tall, where just your body's mechanics do not allow you to drop your hips and lower your center of gravity to keep up with faster wide receivers. So, but he does have that size. He does have 
experience in coverage. He is good in zone. He has pretty good ball skills. He's actually a pretty good tackler, which is you know something I noticed watching JC Horn. Yet you could try to have him move to safety, maybe still get value from him in that way. You know, even if he isn't the corner you hope to get, you could still get a very good covered safety out of him. Yes, exactly. Again, when you have that size, you could possibly move him around and get creative with him. Another name I just wanted to throw into the mix here, somebody who I believe is not being talked about a ton and it doesn't really have a lot of tape from this season, but will be playing in the Senior Bowl is Robert Rochelle from Central Arkansas. I actually had the opportunity to talk to him very briefly during the offseason when I, I hosted a, um, a, a panel of FCS prospects. And Rochelle seems like a you know a really good guy. And regardless, what, what's really interesting about him is very similar to these other guys. Long, NFL prototypical, taller corner, but because he's coming from Central Arkansas, not really as highly talked about. Coming from a smaller level, gets buried a little bit because of it. And I would argue that he's somebody who could step in maybe not right away, but after a year or two, turn into a very talented corner because he has those physical tools, but it's just being hindered in terms of his draft stock because he's coming from a smaller program at the FCS level. Yeah, and those guys being able to get into one of these all-star games like the Shrine Bowl or the Senior Bowl, you know, that can be huge for their draft stock because it gives them the chance to compete against guys from the power five conferences from these football factories to show that they are on the same level as these big name prospects that we get to see every Saturday or Friday night or whatever college games happen to get played. And then just one more guy I want to toss on is just kind of round out a theme I I noticed. And that is with teammates. Yeah. We had, we had the two South Carolina corners. We've had two Georgia corners. So how about another Alabama corner with Josh Joby, who has good size. He's a very physical player. He is. He played with Patrick Sertain. He was stuck behind Trevin Diggs. So th- he's a little bit of an unknown quantity. And you know there are some questions about his athleticism. But again, with these Alabama players, you always have to take a look at everybody because you never quite know who is going to step up, You know who is a legitimate talent in their own right and just had to wait their turn. So you know, it's definitely worth it to kind of kick over rocks with that Alabama roster. Yeah, and the one thing that I always stick with saying and what tends to be the case with a lot of NFL evaluators, and especially like we saw last year when the draft process is a lot more difficult. They're always, when you come to day three, going to lean on guys from programs that they know will be well coached and will also be coachable and be able to um, play within the structure of a professional team. They will, these NFL teams will always like guys coming from programs like Alabama because they know that you know maybe he's not as talented as some of these other players and maybe he's not as intriguing as a guy like Robert Rochelle who could turn into a really talented guy and is a boomer boomer bust prospect instead you're getting a safer pick with a guy like Job because you know that he's he's going to know what he has to do and he's going to be consistent week in and week out maybe his ceiling isn't as high but he's capable of contributing and coming and playing special teams which is really why I like including him on this list is because you know it's good to have guys like that 
And a lot of NFL teams will structure their boards around having certain guys slot in certain spots with the expectation that they will be a backup and a special teamer. Uh, yeah, and I think that was like just go back a couple years. That I think was the the thought between behind uh, Eddie Jackson, you know, who was a safety at Alabama. He slipped some in the draft, but the Bears drafted him, and he has turned into a very good defensive player for them and a playmaker for them. So you never quite know, and it does pay to get guys you know have played in. NFL caliber, NFL style defenses who can take basically pro coaching and perform in those situations. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And that's big. And we're going to continue to expand some of these names. But for now, expect on a weekly basis, we are going to hit on every single positional group that is specific to the New York Giants needs for this 2021 NFL draft class. Our combine coverage is still yet to be determined just because right now it does not sound like the NFL Combine will be happening in Indianapolis, specifically because the NCAA tournament is expected to be played in Indianapolis around the same time. And there's a lot of issues currently going on with the city of Indianapolis itself and being willing to host more than just that NCAA tournament. So we're going to provide updates on that. We'll see how we're going to go about coverage for the, the regional combines, which seems like the most sense. But for now, stay tuned every single week as we are going to fill you in on all of these prospects. Know who the Giants are picking and guys that maybe you should be interested in based on how we describe them. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Hit that subscribe button. Please leave a review for us. We would really appreciate it. Additionally, follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Raptor MKII, and at Big Blue View. And head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. We'll talk to you next week, folks, as we will be doing another positional evaluation show for the Giants. Giants.